One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast Feed. I'm Kat Napsok, and this is another edition of Force Center. 
And that means I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this edition of Force Center is one of our news and cues episodes. We're going to talk about news, and we're going to talk about cues, which are questions. That's our secret code word. You don't need a little decoder ring or anything. Cues means questions. Yeah, so you put me on a plane, Joseph, and uh, take me out of rhythm. I do it. I do different intros. <laughs> I was right there with you, though. It, it was like that was like a dance. It was great. <laughs> A good dance, a dance of words, a dance of broadcasting. We are uh, going to have a lot of fun uh, talking about uh, all the news. And really, quite frankly, one story we're going to dive into, uh, just kind of uh, rolling up our sleeves and uh, looking at the High Republic. Before we get to all of that, though, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And uh, as always, we'll have an audiobook we want to recommend for you a little bit later in the show. But Joseph, that's not all. No, it is not all. We are still working with the great people at Insight Editions. They're a publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, as well as all sorts of other pop culture books, including Game of Thrones, which gets mentioned here on this podcast from time to time. Uh, Inside Editions is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force-centered code. To get your discount, you can enter the coupon code FC35, or you can visit the website with this link, InsideEditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are recommending the Inside Editions book, Secrets of the Jedi. It's one of our favorites, and there's going to be a companion book coming out soon called Secrets of the Sith. So check out the Secrets of the Jedi so you can understand the dark secrets of the Sith. Check it all out with the code FC35. Do it indeed and get the inside musings of Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> We always love to uh, talk about life adventures, which always collide with Star Wars adventures. Uh, I've been on the road. You've been busy working, Joseph. So did you get a chance to have any adventures? I did. I had some um, life adventures, and and they lined up nicely with both the philosophy of Star Wars and the absolute fun of Star Wars. Uh, I've been working for quite a while now with some uh, good partners on developing a television show. Uh, and it's a weird part of, of being out here and doing this work of sometimes... The work is kind of invisible because you're spending a bunch of time <laughs> working on movies, TV shows, uh, putting together be- deals, contracts, back and forth. And then you finally kind of get to to do something. Uh, we got to do the pitch process where it's basically just uh, these days it's a Zoom call. But you uh, you have a Zoom uh, in your home and you basically tell people your story in this very specific structured way in the hopes that someone will say, that's great. Here's some money. Let's make a television show. Uh, and uh, it's been working. We've been working toward the pitch, working on the pitch itself for a very long time. So uh, Thursday was the first pitch. And as we're recording, uh, Monday was the second pitch. And they both went really well. And, and the part where Star Wars really comes into it for me on the philosophy side is this is just a perfect example of that great Jedi philosophy of doing your absolute best Uh, having the utmost control over what you have control over and then absolutely letting go and accepting (laughs) what you don't have control over. You know, it is very much a moment of you can't let uh, that fear of the unknown and the fear of the future and the fear of needing to control everything get in your mind because then I'll stop you from doing a good job. And I, I really enjoyed the pitch because I honestly think talking about Star Wars as much as we do on this podcast has helped me internalize some of those lessons that like before I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know Star Wars says that. <laughs> but now I really want to try to put my money where my mouth is, where my podcast mouth is and and do it. And I really felt great about it that 
I feel like me and my partners did a really good job on the pitch. Mm. We can control that. And then, you know, is that, is this the exact show that some, uh, you know, executive or network really is thinking is a good idea right now? I got no control over that. So then I just get to let it go. Uh, so that was my real big life adventure uh, this week, which dovetailed with Star Wars. And then the fun side of it is I've ordered a couple action figures and I left them in boxes uh, for when I needed a fun treat. <laughs> so after the first pitch, I opened up a box and was like, I honestly can't remember which action figure that, you know, <laughs> me and my whiskey bought at 1 a.m. Uh, a month ago. Uh, and it was uh, the vintage Empire Strikes Back collection, Boba Fett. So he's got the, oh, yeah. that original package with the hand-drawn flame shooting out of his wrist. And then just a great figure with both his, both his E3 blaster rifle and the pistol that's, you know, inspired by it, it, the look in, in the holiday special. So I got a Boba Fett treat, too. So all around good adventures this week. That's great and powerful lessons indeed. Yeah, pitching. I look, that's, I am, I am, I'm usually kept out of the rooms. I'm not good at it. It's a, it's a, it's a stage play. It's a, you, you know, you know, you, you, you're telling the folks, Joseph, it's like you put, you have to put those together. Almost every word in, has to be in its place. And I, uh, I my writing partner has always been like, why don't you sit this one out, Ken? All right, cool. Um, but to put all that work into it. And, and, and like you said, you've been months putting work into it and you don't know. It's not like comedy. It's not like performing in a live setting. You, the answer won't come for months. months. <laughs> you You're must- right. It, it really is like telling a joke and like audience get back to me in four or five months. Let me know if that joke worked for you. If it didn't, I understand. So it's a, the Jedi philosophy is, is not just a passing reference for you as a star Wars fan. That is, that is a, absolutely a, a lesson that needs to be applied there. All that work, all that training years, your whole life building these kind of pitch moments and, Hopefully you have many, 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 but you know, it's like, this is your big uh, casting of the dice and uh, you'll find out, just go center yourself. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's another, you know, big part of it too, of the, kind of the Star Wars lesson of it, of the, you know, the light side isn't just <laughs> stick in the mud. Don't do dark side stuff. You know, it, yeah. when you can actually let, have a moment where you let go of all that concern about the unknown in, in the future and just do the thing that you're there to do, then it becomes fun again. What do you know? The light side, you know? And when we finished this pitch, it was just like, hey, I got to tell some people my story. Yay. <laughs> some people listen to me. <laughs> it's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah, so good one for me. I know you had some great adventures this week. Yeah, wonderful time up in Seattle and more specifically for a bit. Edmonds, Washington, which is about 30 uh, minutes north as far as the uh, Ronto roams. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> very fun. Went up there with Mark Ellis, uh, our friend Daniel Bridge Gad, and another great young comic from Arizona, Tristan Bowling, came up. They met us there. But the, they're uh, they're younger. They're like 20 years younger than us, Joseph. So uh, they hit the town. They landed, came to the show. <laughs> Daniel's from Seattle. They did the show, and then they went to party until their plane left. Nice. And I respect that the one kid, Tristan's like, we're talking, he's like 21, 22. And he just sighed and goes, I just don't know how we're going to do this. And I said, see, that's the old man energy I respect. <laughs> um, other than that, Mark and I had a great time and did uh, get to uh, meet some wonderful Four Center fans up there. Some say, They said some very nice words about the podcast and you, Joseph, Jennifer, and, and uh, me, what we uh, kind of helped put out there into the galaxy. Really appreciate that. Uh, and, you know, as always, uh, much like you, I, I have some Star Wars material in my act. 
but it's always a weird, you don't know how Star Wars material is going to go over. Uh, even in a friendly, quote unquote, friendly crowd that might know me from Star Wars stuff. Uh, so it's always a fun adventure. Ellis has some Star Wars stuff too. And we were talking after the show, uh, late night hotel drinks uh, about the dance that is uh, not just the venue, but the, you know, where you might, what you might think the audience expects or wants out of Star Wars material. But how even the jokes sometimes are layered with, here's a reference, but here's me commenting on that reference making me either a nerd or this or that or socially unacceptable and how uh, that now makes me socially like we ha- it's a real fine line that I know you know very well. And happy to report that all Star Wars material worked this weekend. Oh, that man, I was really, really hoping that it would be a success story of Star Wars material. Yeah, it, it's so fascinating with Star Wars and comedy because it is just, a, does the audience, you know, have the cultural knowledge depending on how you're constructing the joke? Is this a yeah. joke where you actually have to know who Greedo is? <laughs> yeah. There's that. And then there's always like, what direction is it coming from? Is it uh, celebrating being a nerd? Is it, you know, wrestling with uh, when we grew up, talking about Greedo did not make you popular, but, yeah. you know, that's a different time and times are changing. So it gets so complicated. Yeah. And it's like, I used to do a, a bit that had a pretty specific reference, not just to, to nine numb, but nine numbs appearance. And it's like, if, if, if they didn't know that, and I couldn't explain that in 10 seconds or less, <laughs> really five seconds. Yeah. It wasn't going to work. Right. It wasn't <laughs> going to work. Uh, now I have a pretty specific reference to Garvin, Dave Drace, but the joke is the reference versus nice. the Drace being the joke. So it, I've learned over the years, hopefully. And, and happy to report all wings reported in funny, fun comment, <laughs> uh, fun, funny, funny crowd, I should say. The historic rock venue, El Corazon, which has gone on, uh, had different, uh, many different names, but the manager there had been there for a bit. And he was uh, telling me uh, some old rock and roll stories. Pearl Jam's first ever gig is the Mookie Blaylock band was there. Sammy Hagar's side project, Chickenfoot, their first show was there. Historic show with Queens of the Stone Age with Dave Grohl on drums and the manager. And I just, my old 90s rock DJ, I just love sitting down. I just I literally just said, please keep telling me the stories. I love this. <laughs> so it was fun to do comedy in a dirty, gritty, sweaty co- co- uh, venue. It was, it was, it was sweaty, but uh, that's how rock and roll comedy should be sometimes. Um, yeah. Good. That was good. Uh, and yeah, you, you, you were out in Reggie's at Reggie's in Chicago with us, which was a, an adventure, but a f- <laughs> historic club too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I've done comedy at a couple of different rock clubs and it is very, very funny. Sometimes it's sort of like, yeah, this is a storied place that, that does lots of different things, including, you know, back in the day rock. And then there, there are other times like, you don't appear to be playing music. Why are you here again? I just remember that that was a sort of celebration. I just remember you and I, uh, going at Makuga, but you and I walking up to that uh, top floor bar to use the bathroom, and and, and I thought you and I were going to have to get in a street fight. Which you of all the people I know, I was like, I I I'm pretty sure I'll never need to be in a street fight with Joseph at my side. <laughs> we're going to go through life without uh, without those problems. <laughs> we walked in, it was Pee Wee at a biker bar times a thousand. So it's always an adventure. It's coming. It was- it was intense. That yeah, it was. We've been talking a lot about that look that Wu Hair gives Luke because he's like, I just sense you are maybe not in vibing with this place. Like that whole bar gave us the vibe of like, what do you think you're doing here? What do you doing? <laughs> so there's that. And then the final thing, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much on uh, my whole life adventures. But on the plane flight back, you know, I usually keep to myself, put some headphones in, uh, and fly back, listen to music, whatnot. Uh, on the plane, uh, I was an aisle seat, and then and so the aisle over from me there uh, was a dad and two kids. I think one was a kid, one might have been a friend, doesn't matter, but they were, it was definitely dad and one son, and, and, and the kids were like 10, 11, 12 ranch maybe. Uh, and 
great. You know, we were in line together, boarded together, made a smile, whatever. On as the flight last twenty minutes or so, they they all started to huddle over an iPad. You know, and I try not. I'm not a busybody. But I couldn't help, you know, I just was like, what's going on? What's going on? And the dad was really excited. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I hear him say that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they all huddle over. So I get an angle on it. They were watching Rise of Skywalker. Oh, wow. And, I was so waiting yeah. for, I, I assumed that it was going to be Star Wars, yeah. uh, given, you know, the nature of our podcast. But I was like, what Star Wars? <laughs> but that's so great. That's yeah. awesome to hear. And they were huddled over, um, uh, Ray and Kylo fighting on the Death Star, and 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 then and then the Han and Kylo scene, which you know you and I love, and so many people love, and they just were huddled over watching it. And then the plane started to land, and so they they kind of finished up with Luke and Ray on the island. And I got to tell you, it was one of those moments you you experienced that I, I know a lot of our listeners do, where you, you kind of can't help but get a little emotional. You know, not I wasn't bawling or anything, but I was just kind of looking and uh, take all the, the, the discourse and the podcasts and the hate and this and all the things we all have know what's out there and all the words we have to mute just to get by. And you just take that moment and it's rise of Skywalker and no one at that aisle, no one on the, those three people watching it weren't like, well, pff, uh, this just doesn't connect to episode eight. Uh, <laughs> this is Terrio did this screw. None of that, just star Wars love. And it, uh, it bolstered my star Wars love and heart. Yeah, it is just a great reminder that, you know, as much of us are are very all in, do podcasts and let our opinions be known on social media and all that, that there's a, just a ton of people quietly enjoying Star Wars with their family. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Life Adventures, Star Wars Adventures, uh, full weeks for both of us. Uh, happy to be with all of you here now. We're going to dive into the news. And while I was out and about and you were busy preparing a pitch, Comic-Con at home happened, Joseph, and we had the... High Republic Comic-Con at Home panel hosted by uh, Christine Ariel, uh, who does the great High Republic show. They had the authors on and, you know, it's kind of, we got the same crew of authors and I don't mean that uh, in a bad way, but it's just fun to see them kind of just all roll together into, onto events, even virtually, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're talking about the different uh, phases of storytelling, but also like this is kind of their second round this year, right? So it is, it's fun to see them like, hey, the gang is in their sophomore year of being the High Republic writers in public, you know? That's, that's hilarious. Uh, and uh, so I did watch the whole panel, uh, picked up some highlights and some news bites were out there kind of Summarizing some of the stuff, but I'll even tell you this, Joseph, there, there's a chance I missed something. So jump on in because <laughs> I, I I don't mean this as a complaint. And I want to get your opinion on this, too. I just felt I it wasn't completely clear what was being announced. There were some things very clear because they had they had a card on the screen, a title card and other things. I was like, wait, wait, did they just was that is that part of it, too? I couldn't figure it all out. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my only hesitation with High Republic, it's not even really a hesitation, it's just the reality that there's a lot. And I am kind of uh, uh, embracing that. Like when, when things get announced, we talk about them. And then I often just kind of let it go yep. <laughs> and don't remember what's coming out when, except for kind of in a foggy way. And then as it gets closer, I'll, I'll go like, oh, yeah, what's coming out when? So I can really set aside time. But there's a lot. So if you missed anything in a panel, uh, it is totally understandable is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, good. It makes me feel good. So uh, phase one of this era will close beginning in January 2022. It's been fun. It's been great. I, I, again, not even this is not I don't want to sound like a complaint. I just love that phase one is three phases long. It's just, it keeps coming. <laughs> keeps yeah. Long. Yeah. Cause that, that'll be what, that'll be wave three of phase one, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Wave three of phase one, which is part of wave one of the High Republic. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm making fun, but I, I'm excited about the announcements here. Here's some things we got, Joseph. The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. And this is a Del Rey novel, which means it's an adult entry from Gray, who is uh, definitely... Yeah, definitely done those before, but perhaps more more well known for her YA stuff. We got the Eye of the Storm Marvel comic series by Charles Soule. We'll talk about that in a bit. Mission to Disaster, a middle grade reader by Justina Ireland. That's definitely not all she's working on here. And Midnight Horizon, a YA novel by Daniel Jose Older, who, of course, as we know, is still handling, handling a bulk of the IDW stuff. So we'll start with those entries there. We got some more. But what do you think of so far, Justin? Uh, I'm thrilled by the uh, confirmation that Claudia Gray is doing the next uh, quote-unquote adult novel. Um, I'm not uh, super surprised by that, uh, but the the way that this uh, you know whole thing has been shaping out now that we're into uh, <laughs> wave three, knowing that those adult novels, those Del Rey novels, are like the nexus of the storytelling for a little while, uh, I'm really, really excited to see Claudia Gray's uh, writing this next big kind of nexus event. And now that it, we know it's been structured that way, too, with the great disaster and then the Republic Fair, which was <laughs> the second great disaster. Yeah. It makes me so excited and frightened for the third great disaster that uh, Claudia Gray gets to write, because I think uh, she's phenomenal, both uh, from the YA stuff and from Bloodline and Master and Apprentice are two of my very favorites of the adult novels. So I'm, I'm really thrilled. Uh, to read this one. Yes, same. And, you know, not trying to get down in the weeds and predict what's coming, but a lot of these uh, entries and even the titles of some of the authors are making jokes about the the ominous nature or, uh, yeah, it's not ominous at all, nature of these uh, titles. <laughs> we know this this kind of stuff's coming. And, and, you know, Rising Storm doesn't exactly end with uh, daffodils and daisies in a, in a meadow type of ending. <laughs> uh, if they were, they'd be dying. Yeah, <laughs> they'd, be dying. they'd be drenger, in fact. Yeah, go. Oh, daffodils are drenger. <laughs> daffodils biting my toe. Uh, this title, The Fallen Star, it, it just evokes a lot of ideas in my head, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, which Jedi is going to, going to fall type of thing. And I'm not even saying that's hundred percent my prediction, just it, it paints that picture. And it got me thinking, Joseph, of the idea of if, if Jedi are going to start falling, uh, literally like go join. And, and I think Kevin Scott mentions, uh, we'll talk about that, about it, maybe a Jedi joining the storm, so to speak, maybe a Jedi joining the now. If Claudia Gray is dealing with any of that, and, and if the star is a specific person, Jedi himself, or just ideals, I don't know. I'm really glad she's handling that. She can get inside the heads of Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. That's such a great thing for them to explore because one of the things that we kind of know uh, from the Jedi in the the fall of Republic era is this kind of belief that, you know, when, once you start putting your foot down the dark side, that's kind of it. You know, there's mm-hmm. some stuff with Quinlan Voss who, who manages to come back again. There's that great bit we got with Rising Storm with Elzar Band going, oop, oop. I touched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a lot of work to do. So to see kind of the, the different Jedi philosophy about, you know, what happens if you fall? Can you come back? How, what are the hows and the whys of coming back would be great. I kind of think the falling star might have something to do with uh, Starlight Beacon. Yeah, well, yeah. And yeah, that could be the, the actual thing as well. Um, the Starlight Beacon is going to turn to the dark side. I hope so, right? I hope so. No. Um, yeah, and, and you talk about you, you made a joke about great disaster and the uh, next great disaster. There's got to be one more. And, you know, I just remember that quote. I think it was Pablo Hidalgo talking about the design of the Starlight Beacon going, it's great. It's gorgeous. Unless you're on the wrong side of it, you might have a different view of it. So 
I'm waiting for that beacon to have uh, have some just just be some ramifications for it existing. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's really great, and and maybe the 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 greatest prediction that you just made there, Ken, is that this thing that was meant to be a beacon of hope with this, you know, look up and see the light outer rim, and that means the Republic is here for you, the Jedi are here for you, and because they're just at war with the Nile and the Drencher, it has to become a battle station. And that's what a great way to make it the fallen star. Oh, yeah. The SS Starlight Beacon. Uh, so that's coming on out there. Kevin Scott, this is another one announced. We'll have an IDW miniseries called The Monster at Temple Peak, which follows Ty Yorick before the events of Rising Storm. We got a we got a prequel already coming, Joseph. <laughs> that's great. Uh, I like prequels. Yeah, we both uh, enjoyed the character of Ty Yorick a lot in The Rising Storm. So getting a little bit more with her. And getting, I, I reason I might like this uh, idea here, Joseph, of just kind of going back a little bit with that character is there's a lot going on, and we already, I think, get her get her at a point where maybe she's starting to move back, not necessarily back towards the Jedi, but maybe seeing some changes in her life or you know reflecting on what's going on. So to go back the to the little that the kind of I don't want to say the hardened part of her life where she's like, I'm not no Jedi, I don't do that, I'm a I'm a monster hunter, uh, and seeing her in that element and seeing her be successful as who she is, but also uh, knowing that uh, maybe a sea change is on the way. I, I like that kind of character study idea. Yeah, I love that kind of thing. Ty York is a fascinating character. And I think it's one of the things to just embrace about the High Republic that mm-hmm. because it's this big ongoing thing, sometimes you're you're picking up a book and it's resolving a character's arc. Uh, and sometimes it's introducing a character and you're not really getting all the way down into the roots, right? And, and I felt that way about Ty Yorick, that in Rising Storm, we knew just enough so that she was intriguing and so that she added to the narrative and to the themes of that book. And we knew that she had this past and there's this, you know, deeper sadness there about how she can kind of never go back to the Jedi way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I felt like in a good way, not a criticism, that her role in Rising Storm was partially to to tease us, wanting to know what's going to be in here. So a very successful mission. I'm teased. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to know that backstory. I do as well. Going back to the eye of the storm, Charles Soule will be, uh, will be, has written uh, this uh, two episode, two issue, 30 pages a piece series here. So that's 60 pages of comic story. That's a lot. Focusing on Markeon Rowe, the Nile leader, so how do we feel about focusing on the big bad? I think we, again, probably both like that, that character study, but uh, what do we want to learn about him at this point in the story? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm really excited to just get even deeper on the why of his personal mission of mm-hmm. the Nile in general have this philosophy. And it seems like he himself might share some of that philosophy, but he also seems to treat the Nile as just this uh, band of fools <laughs> with uh, malleable uh, rules and easily manipulated uh, perspectives so that he can get what he wants. Um, I like some of the hints that got laid out in this last wave that mm-hmm. uh, the Nile and I think Mark Yanro kind of rose up from a culture that disliked the Jedi, that disliked yeah. the use of the force. So like... I want to learn how ingrained is that in him? How much of that is a philosophy for him? Uh, And then we really learned right at the end there of Rising Storm that he's got all of these great, just very human, very relatable. His father was cruel and dominating. And, and, you know, he was raised being told he was less than, right? Yeah. And that when that came out, that was like, okay, now he's locked in. Now he's a 
perfect Star Wars villain. He looks super cool. Yeah. <laughs> He's scary. You got all that kind of great surface level tradition of, uh, of Star Wars villains. But then there's also something just like human and broken and relatable and pitiable about him. And I, I'm really hoping that this comic dives into that. Yeah, this I, I don't say this as a, as a cheap joke, but finding out who or what hurt him uh, is something I'm interested in because this the Rising Storm did a great job for me to peel back some of the layers and also at times show not, not just not fear or vulnerability, but like he he's in control. But th- there were some points in time where I'm like, man, are they going to toss him out the out the dry lock? You know, at the uh, space lock there, or, or you know, he he's struggling to keep control. Uh, struggling to stay one step of, ahead of his own, uh, you know, men or you know, the, the, the people beneath him, the Tempest Runners and whatnot, Lorna D. All this thing. I, I'm in, so I was intrigued by the cracks that I'm starting to see form and and, and what, what how those you know uh, conform if if you go back to his past, like you said, how much is if this is him? How much of this was upbringing? How much of him is just passing and carry on generational hate for the Jedi? Uh, so yeah, there's a lot there clearly with a good villain. Yeah, and I think the fact that uh, Charles uh, Soul is doing this uh, makes me feel more like I am really intrigued if there are eventually going to be some connections built to the Knights of Ren since, you know, in that Rise of Kylo Ren comic that Charles Soul did is the most information we got about Knights of the Ren and their philosophy and history. I'm I'm still curious to see if there's going to be some connections built there. Yeah, I I, 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 I kind of want that. I, it, it's, it's, yeah, I kind of want that. I, I, there, there's a little apprehension on my... Part not that I not that everything yeah I I don't have that fear of everything being too connected small galaxy or whatnot but just uh, I don't know I, 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 any there could be is it too much is it too small I don't know all that to say toss aside I'm just intrigued by that idea a lot yeah and I could absolutely be, be full of hooey on this but mm-hmm. there's something to me about the Nile being such a big threat that really really took a, a lot of pain uh, to the galaxy and to the Jedi this idea that some tiny little shard of them would survive kind of uh, forgotten and be the Knights of Ren, that feels almost like realistic to me, right? That's something that yeah. was that big and that awful would kind of continue to fester in this small way. Yeah. You're touching on, I think, why I like it, why I think it could work. It's a realistic carrying on. And I, I would trust, uh, I would absolutely trust uh, all the writers of of the series, but specifically Charles Soule to, to kind of carry that on. Uh, and find a way to make that work where it's not just uh, a simple, uh, yeah, they're connected, yay, and why didn't we hear anything about the Nile and Rise of Skywalker? You know, like that kind of <laughs> stuff. Uh, I, I think it could really work, and I, I definitely, it's in good hands, and that's he's he's bought that trust. Soul's got that trust for a lot of uh, readers. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Scott teased uh, a Jedi will join the Nile. He said more about Jedi will join join the storm and could be a tornado chasing team for all we know. But uh, <laughs> going back to the, yeah, and I, I know I talked about Claudia Gray and who knows maybe that'd be something she would touch upon. But what do you thought? What do you think about this idea specifically? And yeah, who, 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 who might it be? Yeah, I feel like it. My mind went to, and I could be utterly wrong. Less falling to the dark side and more of a being undercover or more like a. Uh, mm. uh, light side Jedi being like, yes, they're violent. Yes, they're awful. But we do have to understand them in order to stand against them or maybe, you know, to see if there's any hope of having a peaceful resolution. So I'm, I was thinking about it from that perspective. Could be totally wrong. Um, I, it's What's also interesting is if that's happening in uh, the main High Republic comic that Kevin Scott's been writing, you know, there's been a little bit of that journey with uh, 
the great Trandoshan Jedi secure yeah, yeah. kind of merging with the Drenger and trying to understand them. So is it that secure is like, well, okay, well, I already know what it's like to be a Drenger. I'm um, joining the Nile too. <laughs> yeah. Any other evil people I can join? <laughs> um, the, my only other guess outside of that is, uh, you know, a couple of prominent characters that we were introduced to in Claudia Gray's young adult novel into the dark that I think a lot of people really connected with uh, Comac uh, Vitus and Orla Jirena, Jirani, uh, are both people who seem to be like wrestling with the Jedi in different ways. So that would be interesting if it was one of them who's like, I already have my problems with the Jedi. I want to go on this, you know, very different, uh, maybe even not sanctioned mission to understand the Nile. Yeah. There's a lot of, a uh, lot of potential suspects, right? Uh, <laughs> there really are. Yeah, there really is. Uh, my mind did go to scare as well. I'm not super, super caught up on the comics. I have them in my hands now. That's a good step, but just, there's already been some stuff with them. I, I, I think, I don't think, a good bet to me if, if it's a complete join the Nile and yeah, not necessarily, you're right. Not necessarily fall to the dark side, but, but for me, not necessarily going undercover, but actually like, guess what? I'm with the Nile now. I, 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 I look at Elzar man and I like, he's touched it, but I think he's pulled back enough and he, I, I just don't see someone like him doing it. So it could be a complete wild card or like you said, it could be, uh, you know, Serpico here. We got Jedi Serpico <laughs> going undercover here. To, and that, and both are interesting to me. And Serpico is a great name for a Trandoshan Jedi, so I hope it's a new Jedi named Serpico. It is. This one sounds like Al Pacino. Uh, we also got Justina Ireland and uh, Shim, Shima Shinya uh, are there to put together a manga called The Edge of Balance. will be out in September. Focus on Jedi Lily Tora Asi during the Great Disaster. So again, going back again, the art in this look beautiful. The designs, everything about it. I really love what the look of this is. It was one of those things where I was like, okay, all right, the announcements are still going. There's still things I got to get. Uh, but this one just has, um, just great. And I love that title, Edge of Balance. Yeah, great. And uh, I, I have picked up, but I have not read a couple of the manga adaptations. Uh, the first uh, book of the Leia Princess of Alderaan and a, a manga adaptation of the uh, the Legends of Luke Skywalker. And I just, I, it makes sense for Star Wars to uh, have some stories told in that form. And I'm excited just for that. Yeah, I have the, yeah, the Leia Princess of Alderaan, the, the book one. Yeah, it it's, it's looks, just looks beautiful. I love the designs. All right, and that that's kind of it, so we're not done necessarily discussing it here, but uh, that's the end of uh, Wave 3 of Phase 1. And just thoughts on Phase 1 thus far, Joseph, and what's coming, and is this all working? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the big, big, big positive thing for me is it fulfilled what excited me about the High Republic, and it sounds like from what I'm seeing online and podcasts uh, that a lot of people are, are really excited by this sort of uh, promise of, Jedi stories, Jedi with a ton of individuality. So you can really get to know them as, as characters. Uh, they have unity, but they're all individuals. They are not moving in, in thinking in lockstep at all. So we have so many Jedi, every story we pick up, we get like the fun and the fantasy and the thrill of, of Jedi powers and lightsabers and lightsabers that turn into light whips and all of the like fun and fantasy. But because they're all individuals too, we get this, very relatable wrestling with power and identity and how do I feel about the force and how should I use it? And what if I fail? And it just, it, it gives you all of the fantasy of the Jedi while making them totally relatable and real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really a, 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 just a big general character study of the force wrapped up in some of the best 
uh, force character study, the force of the Jedi, uh, wrapped up as the best action I've ever read in, in the, uh, since the, the new era of star Wars publishing and, uh, came out in uh, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and cool. you know, I think, I think the only maybe challenge of the high Republic is it's a lot and it's a lot to keep up with. And it's a lot to uh, keep track of, uh, all the names and all that. So, I mean, I think if anybody is dipping their toe in and wants to to read it and enjoy it, I really think it is also something where you can pick and choose what you read. And then, you know, you can read a, a Wikipedia summary if you don't want to read this book, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right now we're on the train of trying to keep up with it, uh, all cause it's, it's really, really fun. Uh, to be immersed in it. But I also think that any Star Wars fan listening who just wants to dip their toe in should absolutely give themselves the permission. Just read the ones that excite you and then read a summary of the ones that you don't have time. And that's fine too. Yeah. I, I think this era, it's just, it's just been a success. Not only just because uh, some of the New York Times bestseller positions and sales and all those kind of things, but it, it, it's been outside of just the general, nor- the normal sections of, of Star Wars discourse that are going to try to tear anything down. I think the, the reviews and, and the reception has been so positive and that's hard these days. You know, it's just so hard. Even something that we love just not everyone's going to love. It's just what yeah. it's going to be. And I think the general reception of this has been great. And I think it's still going to grow. And, and even, in, even this past week in Seattle and chatting with some folks up there, I, 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 a few people like, Hey, I'm thinking of starting the, that series, you know, where should I start? It's like light of the Jedi, get into it. And, and, and that just shows me that it's still going to grow. The word of mouth for the high Republic era is still tremendously valuable. It's valuable for anything creative, but uh, I think that will really help the series as it continues to grow. And e- even our friend, uh, the great Brian Ward, I saw you tweeted out. He's, he's kind of starting the uh, light of the Jedi. Finally, finally get the moment to do it. And he's in that uh, wait, which Jedi is that phase, which is a very <laughs> realistic phase. <laughs> but also the, even I in, in saying that Joseph, it, you're, you're right. There, it, it, there's a lot of names, a lot of plot, a lot of books, and it can get overwhelming. And I think we as Star Wars fans give ourselves the, the, the room to take a deep breath and not worry about getting to everything and just, um, just celebrate the overall era and, and pick up when you can. Yeah, exactly. 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 So uh, we'll keep you updated on any uh, new announcements, but that was a lot. So that is our only look at Star Wars news. Other little things are always out there, but uh, we just wanted to focus on the big stuff before we take a break and get to your questions, though. We do want to recommend an audiobook for you, Joseph. What do we have? Yeah, this is one of those High Republic books. Uh, we are recommending Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Uh, I think both Ken and I really, really enjoyed this one. And I think it's really important because people, you know, Light of the Jedi is the kickoff novel. Into the Dark, I think, is really great because if you're interested in evil plants, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the real the real kickoff of the, of the Drenger and I think has a lot uh, to recommend it. So Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. Into the dark indeed. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook and get to know Geo. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, your questions and the power of the light side here on Force Center. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com, that's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com, for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Yeah. <laughs>
to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the Geo of our flight crew. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just love the so much. I will die on the geode hill. Uh, I will die on the geode rock. Yes, absolutely. Uh, rocky hill indeed. Uh, we uh, got some questions, but first, Joseph, we got a power to light side. That's right. Uh, this is something that we were doing for a little while regularly, and uh, it was amazing that uh, some listeners on Patreon just brought it back. Uh, this is something where we just wanted to highlight some positivity in the Star Wars community. We invited people to share something uh, that they really enjoyed in Star Wars, something that they loved, even if it's a small thing, a big thing, whatever. Um, and uh, I will try to remember to put out a general call on our Patreon, if you're a patron, uh, for these as well. Uh, but we had a great one last week, and we have a, another one here this week from Anthony King. Here we go, Ken. Yes. Anthony says, A while ago, it may have been a few years now, you did a show discussing the many ways that you have played with Star Wars over the years. I was fascinated with the episode and enjoyed hearing your adventures on the playground and at home with your action figures. At the end, I recall that you were curious as how children of the prequel age played with Star Wars. As someone who grew up during this time, I was 10 when Revenge of the Sith released in theaters. I wanted to share my fun story of how my friends and I brought the joy out of ourselves during this expansive time for the galaxy. Sure, children this time had video games, action figures, toy lightsabers, Lego sets, and all of the movies fairly available through at-home mediums. However, in my situation, unfortunately, I could only window shop for them at the local Kmart as my mom could not afford them on her teacher's salary. As a result, my friends, AJ and John, who are in similar financial situations, and I, had to look into more imaginative ways to play Star Wars. During this time, one of the great ideas that we came up with was Star Wars Tag. <laughs> mm. The game was simple. Each person took on the persona of a Jedi figure if they were not it. While the person who was chosen to be it had to be a member of the Sith, either Maul, Dooku, or Sidious. The game then consisted of us running around the playground trying to avoid being stabbed, a.k.a. tagged, by the Sith. <laughs> Since Star Wars Tag took place over recess, we were not allowed to have fake lightsabers on school property. Bummer. Therefore, we had to imagine we had lightsabers with our hands, as people often do, making the noises and sound effects with our mouths. You could engage in a make-pretend lightsaber fight with the Sith member, but you had to make sure that you were not stabbed. <laughs> Otherwise, you would turn to the dark side yourself and then join in the Sith's quest to hunt down the remaining Jedi. We were very loose with canon. The overall objective was to survive as a Jedi through the end of recess or, if you were a part of the Sith, to convert all of the players to the dark side. Star Wars Tag was an absolute blast with so many Jedi of the prequel era, my friends and I were able to play as so many different Star Wars characters. Personally, I played as Anakin Skywalker, my favorite character, as often as I could. A lot of the girls in our class even participated as well since they wanted to portray the many female Jedi that were around during the prequels. At its height, our games would have had something like 50 players involved, leading to huge battles across the galaxy, a.k.a. the playground. I vividly remember the last day of fifth grade, which was our final recess class ever. They took away recess for sixth graders. The teachers were very nice and allowed us to stay outside for essentially the entire day. We played for hours and just had an absolute blast. George Lucas's expansive imagination through the prequels helped to foster our spirits, leading to the creation of this game. I will always carry these fond memories with me and think of these adventures often when I rewatch episodes one through three. Thanks again, Force Center. 
for allowing me to share my story. May the force be with you. What a great story. Ken, what are your thoughts on Star Wars tag and being stabbed by the Sith? <laughs> I'm just applauding you, Anthony. I'm just applauding. This is one of my favorite stories ever. This is everything we celebrate here at Force Center about uh, loving Star Wars and 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 uh, respecting and understanding all entry points into Star Wars and all generations being present, all future generations being present, and just the power of imagination. The story I've told over and over and over and over again of hanging off of a palm tree as a speeder bike or sometimes the skiff uh, is born out of that same kind of you know you lack the toys, it doesn't matter. You got you got a tree branch. <laughs> you got something and that's all you need. And, and first of all, I, I would play this now. That's not just a joke. I love doing stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know, get, getting some water guns and having a water gun fight at 45. I don't care. I would do it. I'd, I'd play star Wars tag. And I think you could throw in little, those little nerf lightsabers you can get somewhere. <laughs> you know, I a park, we'll go to Griffith park and we'll make this competitive. Anthony, let's set up a league. <laughs> so many things I love about this, Joseph. It's such a celebration of, of just the overall picture of star Wars. Still got to watch your eye with those nerf lightsabers though. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get nerf in the eye. We'll even get some then. goggles. Yeah, we'll get some goggles. <laughs> <laughs> strap on my Jedi aqua breather and my Jedi goggles. I'll be ready to go. Yeah, this is just so amazing. I, I am almost without words, which is shocking because I say a lot of words on this podcast. It is just exactly, it, this is the kind of thing that if like I sat down almost to like fantasize about like what kind of Star Wars stories are out there that I'm just not hearing. And this is so great to hear that, this great just celebration of uh, Star Wars in general, but also the prequel era. And it, it just, it really does warm my heart because growing up in the original trilogy era, I definitely had, uh, you know, a few friends who, who continue to like the prequels. And even though I had my qualms, I just kind of remained in, in Star Wars love. Yeah. <laughs> and I was surrounded by a lot of people who felt deeply out of love. <laughs> and so to just imagine that while I was going through that, Anthony and his 49 friends <laughs> were running around and people were competing over who gets to be Dooku today just makes me so happy. And honestly, like if I, if I had been aware of this uh, during the prequel era, I probably would have tried to convince uh, my friends who at that point were mostly, you know, uh, people I was performing comedy with and other nerds going like, I know you don't uh, like the prequels, but I've discovered this great game <laughs> called Star Wars Tag, you know, pick a Jedi. I know you thought Plo Koon looked cool. Come on, I'm going to chase you. You know, yeah. uh, I would have absolutely done it. And I'll sign up for the league now. I love, absolutely. Let's do it now because I've, uh, you know, I played the super versions of Capture of uh, capture the Flag at a camp in the, on the side of a hill, like 50 on 50 aside, where you're running around like an idiot in a forest playing Capture the Flag with, you know, 99 other friends. And it's the best time of my life, right? You know? <laughs> I might have might have peaked in the summer of '89, um, <laughs> and this is that kind of feeling too. But also, you know, again, the, the prequels and what they what they brought. You and I, you know, it's why we tell, talk about them, why we celebrate them, and why you know it's it's a it's a hill we're another hill we're gonna, we'll die on of just like think about what this brought to the fans. And he, even Anthony mentions it, that uh, uh, girls wanted to play because they finally saw themselves on screen. Maybe yeah. even not as much as we'd want now. And that's still growing, but think of that. Think of just the choices you had. Think of uh, the, I'm, I'm listening to this story. I'm listening to you read the story, Joseph. And, and 
that that reminds me of uh, the Battle of Petronaki Arena. Like, this is what we thought we were getting from that trailer. Like, 50 Jedi fighting, trying not to get stabbed by Dooku. Like, <laughs> greatest thing ever. And also, Anthony, I, I was, I, I had recess through sixth grade, but I was very bummed that seventh grade I had to grow up and give up recess. Yeah, no, that, that was a, a shock to the system. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just uh, so great. Thank you uh, for sharing that. It's just a, a well-told story and a great thing to picture. Thank you so much, Anthony. And with that, Ken, uh, you ready to go into our questions? I am, I am. Excellent. Well, first, uh, our questions this week begin with a correction. Uh, last week, we had a great question about the idea of reincarnation in Star Wars, and uh, I had a cut-and-paste error, and I misattributed the question. Uh, that great question was from Will Culbertson, so thank you for the question, Will, and our apologies for uh, my uh, bad cutting and pasting. But with that, Ken, you ready uh, to get some questions from Twitter? I would love to. All right, here are some questions that I have double-checked who they came from. Uh, this is from Gareth Vader. Gareth says, hello there. Regarding the Bad Batch, I think there is a fifth clone we haven't met yet who has the same properties as the Bad Batch. We previously heard that there are five altered clones remaining. At the time, we wrongly assumed Omega was the fifth. Echo is a reg. Thoughts? What are your thoughts there, Ken? Because I think what uh, what Gareth is really getting at here is we we did have that line mm-hmm. about, you know, there are five of these altered clones, but then we got that information about Omega that, uh, much like Boba, she is an unaltered clone, and that is why she is desired, because she has much more of the just uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the DNA of Django. So I think that's where the this uh, interesting question is coming from. Yeah, very interesting, because as, as I'm reading this question from Gareth, uh, and you're, you're reading it, here on the show i had this reaction no 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 because they remember they said oh wait yeah well, oh wait uh oh uh oh uh oh yeah you're right <laughs> uh i love that stuff is, is it a clue of something to, to come is it is it a clue to a big uh, revelation or something? I, I now i gotta say i hope so <laughs> i gotta hope so i don't have any yeah. don't have any thoughts or opinions on it joseph other than like gareth great point i hadn't stopped you know we, we were analyzing the themes and having fun and canon connections that's just a fun little uh what if yeah, well, Ken, how would you how would you feel if the way Gareth is interpreting it all is is spot on, and there is a missing uh, Bad Batch member who is, you know, uh, I'm using the word defective because that's what they use in the show. Who is who has, uh, you know, a a, a change uh, from the way the other clones are that is beneficial, as they describe it, and has some uh, cool uh, ability. Who, who's who's the fifth Bad Batch? Who's the uh, who's the Pete Best of the Bad Batch? <laughs> well, I mean. It's gonky, right? I mean, that's already been confirmed. <laughs> that is that is DNA that ended up very different from Django. Very, very different. Yes, I do want the Pete Best or the Stuart Sutcliffe of the Bad Batch. Uh, great. <laughs> I, I, I'm totally fine with this. I, and, 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 you know, get another, you know, uh, another name, Bonkers. That's the name, Bonkers, because it's kind of a fun Bonkers theory to me. Uh, I, I had just taken on face value and I mean, I'm trying to remember what you and I even talked about at the time. And yeah, at the time we didn't know the whole story of Omega, uh, yeah. which is part of this fun. And, and, you know, do you get into the weeds on, well, they probably, maybe they didn't, you know, maybe they meant to make, I don't know. I, I think that you, you, you got pretty specific dialogue choices in these shows, right? <laughs> Same, just ask uh, Masamita, uh, alive or dead, but they use some specific wording around attempted assassination. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, Joba Fett. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they, there was, for me, some ambiguity of the way that they said it in the earlier episode of, like, we need one of those clones back. And then it seemed to specify into, no, we need Omega back. Um, yes, yes. So I, I do think there's, right now, there's totally room for uh, amb- amb- ambiguity and interpretation. Um, I, I would love it if there was a fifth clone, you know, with just amazing thigh muscles called legs who runs fast. <laughs> uh, but I, I kind of think that the, that maybe these, these two lines, these two ideas are a little bit meant to be in conflict right now. Cause there's uh-huh. something more going on. Uh, I tend to think that there's just more to Omega's story and, and I, that she is not altered from Django's DNA in the way that most standard clones are right that they have they're uh, altered to inhibit aggression and have the faster aging and that she doesn't have those things just like uh boba didn't but then i think that she there's also some lines about her being kind of the future right Mm -hmm. so i wonder if it's that she is altered like the bad batch my understanding is the bad batch was like they just came out of the batch weird you know right (laughs) and different and with these skills and this uh you know even this different individuality and i think more with omega it's like well well we didn't there's we didn't inhibit her aggression Mm -hmm. uh she's not aging faster but we did alter her in some way to have even more skills and be an even better soldier yeah, I, I, I'm on that train of thought as well. I, I, I think there's something. There's clearly something more, right? I mean, it all ties back to Grogu, clearly, um, <laughs> and that's what's fun. And 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 you and I, again, we I know where we focus on these shows, and I know where we where we get really just uh, you know in, in, ignited to have these conversations about themes and purpose and all those kind of things. But you and I love this kind of stuff as well. We we love getting the next chapter in the stories revealed, and so Omega's got a lot of chapters left to uh, all of us for all of us to learn. Yeah, great question, Gareth. It is a really, really fun one to think about, and I can't wait to find out all the answers. With that, we're going to move on to a question from Anthony on Twitter. Anthony says, hey, Force Center, are you all ready for a celebration? I know I am. Anaheim will be my first time attending. In anticipation, I was curious, do you rewatch past celebration panels? I often find myself rewatching The Last Jedi panel from 2017. Uh, two great questions in one. Ken, are we all ready for celebration? Well, we've got hotels. <laughs> we're so ready to attend. We just need tickets, right? Yeah, we just we we currently four center has no official capacity there yet. <laughs> yet, I was even talking about it, uh, our friend this weekend about trying to uh, figure out what to do. Um, but we're going to be there. I mean, and, and even we didn't have hotels. My grandmother lives uh, around the corner from Disneyland, so Joseph and I would have been sleeping in a tent in my grandma's uh, tomato garden outside. Um, it would have worked. But no, we're excited to be there, Anthony. I'm excited for you. Uh, to experience celebration it's truly special right joseph it's yeah. special it really really is it, i think it lives up to its its name it is a bunch of fans who are truly there to celebrate star wars in lots of different parts of star wars and you know in chicago uh had a lot of great conversations with fans who you know were wondering about this upcoming thing weren't sure about this thing or you know wanted to share that they preferred this part, but none of it had any spirit of negativity. It was just discussion. Mm-hmm. It was just like, uh, do, oh, do you like pineapple on your pizza? I don't. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get separate pizzas and have a good time. You know, it was uh, all in the in the uh, feeling of celebration. I think that's the great thing about it. Uh, let's get separate pieces a pizza is a lesson in celebrating star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as the Anthony's question, I, 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 often cite and therefore I do rewatch that 2005 George Lucas one 
because mm. uh, I think it's pretty insightful. But I don't go back and watch a lot of the panels. Uh, I watch uh, if I'm going to go on YouTube and look at old Star Wars things, it's just the trailers. I just watch them over and over and over again. But I have talked about it before. I do watch the Carrie Fisher uh, tribute, which came out of the uh, 2007 Orlando panel. Uh, I, I do watch that and uh, I get emotional and cry every time and, and you don't get to see it, the panel, which Billy Lord spoke there. And again, you could probably find it online, but I, I it's just, I watch just that video and sometimes I'll watch the John Williams, uh, the clip of John Williams and, and the uh, local uh, based Orlando orchestra doing Leia's theme at that. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't often rewatch them just because of the, the time management, but I have rewatched clips in particular, uh, StarWars.com put out a, just a, a, a great best of uh, a little while back, including that Lucas one we were talking about, where Lucas says some like really great and some really challenging things uh, that stick with me of that idea of like, yeah, no, I, I made Star Wars to in- inspire people to go out and have their adventures, you know, which I, I think uh, I, I take as well. Talking about Star Wars is one of my adventures, but then also I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, you know, uh, not just staring into the twin sunsets, but trying to go toward the twin sunsets. Yeah. So that one really means a lot to me. Um, another one that I watched uh, online that I really love and been wanting to revisit is uh, I'm trying to remember what year it is. I think it was 2017. Uh, no, no, no. It was it was 2019. It was an interview with uh, Ian McDermott. Um, right. And it's just it's just great. A lot of details about uh, the filming of the opera box scene in Revenge of the Sith and uh, lots of uh, fun, cheeky things about his upcoming role. That, that was great. Um, and then uh, Anthony didn't really ask this, but the, one other thing that I wanted to share is that that Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel was so great last time being that uh, that celebration is 2022. I'm so looking forward to the Attack of the Clones anniversary panel. I'm yeah. so looking forward to celebrating that film because I think it's one of the ones that uh, it gets uh, the most uh, critical eye. And I just love Attack of the Clones. Uh, any sort of uh, problems and all, I just love it. That, yeah, that'll be great. And I think was... I don't think Natalie Portman came out for the 2017 Revenge. They did some Revenge of the Sith stuff there, right? If I remember correctly. Oh, 2015? 2015. Was it 2015 or 2017 Orlando? I think it was Orlando because Hayden was there, uh, if I recall. And 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 just some behind-the-scenes stuff I heard is that, the, that she was open to being there. I think she might have been <laughs> pregnant even. And why okay. she couldn't travel, I couldn't, there was a reason why, and it wasn't scandalous, you know, uh, it wasn't uh, gossipy, it was just like, ah, yeah, oh, Hayden's there, L- loved it, let's do this, uh, and, and I think, I think it's, it's, it always is nice to, to, for me to hear that, that Natalie is, is, is open to Star Wars, even if she goes on Saturday Night Live and makes a joke about the prequels and, and defending them, I, I love knowing that she, she could still have a love and, a, you know, an affection for what she did and, and, and what the character did, so I would love, Joseph, if, if we got, Natalie and, and Hayden and, and Ewan and, and the gang oh. for Attack of the Clouds. That would be that would be really good. That yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, because I think we, we really are in that era. Like Ewan McGregor has directly said this of like, yeah, no, it was, it was hard at the time for lots of reasons, uh, including some of the mixed response. But, you know, to hear people come up to him now and say, but but that was my Star Wars and I played Obi-Wan. <laughs> I was you in Star Wars tag, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure Natalie Portman hears that, too, of like, but you inspired me so much, you know, and, and that's got to, I imagine, affect how they feel about these kind of events. 
Yeah, yeah. And another thing to to, to watch, I, I'm just quite funny. I'm getting, getting excited for Star Wars Celebration 2022. Uh, Anthony, if you don't, I'm sure you do if you go back and watch some of these panels. I love going watching a lot of, uh, whether it's official from Star Wars, because they'll do it on their YouTube channel, but even some of our pals, whether it's Alex and Molly, Star Wars Explained. Uh, Alex, Steven, uh, Cisco, and the gang of our Black Series Rebels, they did a great vlog in Chicago. Uh, put a lot of effort into it, too. I, I love watching that kind of stuff and, and seeing small pockets. Cause you know, for us, you know, podcasters are just even anyone even attending the celebrate, you're not going to see everything. You're not going to experience everything. And I love going back and I'll even go back to 2015, 2015, 2017 and do this. And you'll see someone dressed up and you'd be like, Oh, I saw that person. Oh, look at them. They're over there having their own adventure, their own celebration. Look at that person. Look at this podcast group. They're over here celebrating Star Wars in their own way. I love, I'll, I'll do that every now. That's a great one to do. Great question, Anthony. And we are clearly very excited for a celebration. We can't wait to see you there. Uh, and if we don't get tickets, uh, I will be standing outside uh, seeing if I can get people to buy me action figures. <laughs> yeah. Look, if, if here's 20 just to come out with a Dooku. On the off chance, Force Center is not there officially. Uh, there's a Bubba Gump shrimp around the corner. I will be there every night in the bar. <laughs> Uh, there's that Lego store at downtown Disney. I will be there. We you will be there. Joseph and yes. I, Jennifer, hopefully we'll be there. A, a shrimp celebration. Indeed. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, we're going to move on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. The first one comes from Michael McCarcel. Michael says, you guys talk often about loving the campfire chat. So here's a simple one. If you could pick three Star Wars characters to sit down and have a campfire chat, who would you pick? What do you think they discuss? Mine would be Padme, Finn, and Obi-Wan. That's great. Uh, that could change tomorrow, though, says Michael. Uh, but they were the first characters that came to mind, so I'm going with my instincts. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Uh, yeah, this is great. The campfire chat, I think, is something we kind of started talking about when, when I was really interested in the idea of Luke and uh, Ahsoka meeting, and, and can you use the, the phrase campfire chat? Uh, and then the actual campfire chat between Din and Ahsoka came up and then it became like a reality, right? If we could see lots of campfire chats. Uh, so that's a little bit of where we're coming from with our obsession with that. What are you, what's your answer here to these questions? Uh, who yeah. would you have talk and what would they chat about? Look, this is this Michael's right. This answer would change tomorrow for me, right? It's just, you totally just, cause today I'm kind of a mood of, what if what if you had to sit Mon Mothba and Saw Gerrera down a campfire? Because I don't know, maybe a ship crashed, or uh, you know, some maybe the, the number twos for each of them was like, let's trick them into meeting, and maybe we can hash this out. I was the third in that party, though. The third in that party, uh, I think Bail Organa because yeah. right because there'd be a little bit of a peacekeeper vibe. I, I think, and yeah, I think it could work in that way. Clearly, he's more aligned with with uh, Mom Mothman, but I think he's not opposed to doing things, uh, maybe not as extreme as Saw, but, you know, those rebel yeah. dinner parties he had. Anyways, that's where my heart is today. Those three characters, but specifically Mothma and Guerrero face to face, having to talk about the rebellion without any uh, rancor between them, without any tension, without any, <laughs> uh, you know, just like you are stuck here. You're stuck here. I think you actually use the word rancor as meaning like emotional discomfort emotional, and disagreement, said, right? Okay. Yes, but a rancor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I absolutely, you know what I mean? Like they could, they could, I don't know if they solve anything, but just to hear them out at this point late in the rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think that's that kind of that spirit of that campfire chat of that, like 
you're a little bit disarmed and it starts as a casual conversation and then suddenly it becomes about the ideology and maybe in a kind of like a safer way to, to discuss it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think for me, um, I would go with, uh, I have two options. Uh, one is uh, starting much like Michael with Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi-Wan is, I think, uh, you know, my, my favorite character in a lot of ways, but also he holds all this uh, complexity and all these perspectives for other people. I would love the spirit of Obi-Wan, uh, Leia, and young Ben. Uh, mm. I, I don't know if this is something that, that ever uh, has happened in canon or will happen. In, I mean, I know it hasn't happened in modern canon, but if I ever will or could. Uh, but I think there's been some stuff where Leia's kind of talked about, like maybe hearing uh, some voices. But just a, a full, like, A, the just the great um, intelligence, humor, a snark battle that you could have between Obi-Wan and Leia of who's really letting their guard down and, and uh, telling the real truth, who is being prim and proper and who is taking the mask off and, and being real honest between them. And then just the idea of, you know, young Ben, like what does he think of this hero that he was named after? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. And my other one I think has an actual possibility of happening, not a high likelihood, uh, but I just want, uh, I want the, what does it truly mean to be a, a Mandalorian in a clone round table uh, where you got uh, Boba Fett, Din and Rex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be good with that. Be good with yeah. That. Yeah. Three warriors with some very yeah. different perspectives and some of them similar faces. Yeah, we're, this is a great, this would be a great Disney Plus animated show of just animating these characters, getting the voice actors and just having this kind of like Marvel what ifs, you know, just go to this, you know, campfire chats and just have a, you know, imagined conversation between all these people. Yeah. I love this idea that there's a planet that is full of campfires that, you know, has some property that makes ships crash. So it's yeah. just constantly like, don't yeah. go near that planet. You're going to end up having an intimate campfire chat. <laughs> But it's, a, it's the Mortis version of Campfire Chat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, on to our final question of the episode from Joshua Thorne. Uh, Joshua says, who is the most obscure Star Wars character you hope to see again in canon? Mine is Jot the Jawa. Yeah, I know. Pretty obscure. And then Joshua includes a laughing with tears in the eyes emoji. <laughs> uh, for anybody who is not caught up in Jot the Jawa, that is uh, the character from Griffin McElroy's short story, Stories in the and in the From a Certain Point of View New Hope book. And Jot's got a lot of great little thoughts about being a storyteller amongst the Jawas. Uh, Ken, are you, a, are you a big Jot the Jawa fan? I am now. I do remember Jot a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I could, I could, that, that's, a great, that's a great title. Yeah. Stories with Jot the Jawa. Stories with Jot the Jawa. If you get sick of talking to the person you're with the campfire at... <laughs> Yeah, listen to Jot. Uh, what is your answer to your question then? Uh, what What's the obscure character that you'd like to see back in canon? Yeah, as always, uh, you know, I'm juggling a lot of plates, and sometimes I read a question and go and misinterpret it. And I was like, oh, what person do I want to see in canon that hasn't been? So I was, I was gonna, I had a whole dissertation dissertation plan planned about Ram Coda uh, from Force Unleashed, the Blind Jedi, <laughs> that uh, kind of some parts Canaan uh, matched up with. Uh, but then I reread it. Luckily, uh, I, uh, I I remember an early Jedi Alliance episode. I uh, was doing an in memoriam, and I did this. And this was pre. It was like 2014, so modern publishing, the new era had just begun. We hadn't got Force Awakens, and a lot of new visual encyclopedias and character lists. Uh, and I just was uh, blown away. I, I again, I didn't read a lot of EU legend stuff. I've always said that. 
I didn't really realize that there had been a whole bunch of uh, storytelling around Darth Vader's wingmen. Uh, mm. And and my, a lot of storytelling. I mean, they they had names and everything. So it's Backstabber and Mauler are the two guys. And uh, they're they're in canon a little bit. I, I brought them up just to, you know, confirm and, and they exist, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's not like... Not to the level uh, Legends was. So I don't know. In this era of, uh, you know, let's uncover little things and people can show up or, uh, you know, someone, an author will grab something from the, a planet from the EU that they always love, right? Raxus. Oh, yeah, that's from Force Unleashed. Raxus Prime's over there. Backstabber and Mauler, the, the Darth Vader's wingmen and how they were trusted, how they got to that position or were they just wrong place, wrong time for them or whatever it was. I wouldn't mind something a little official about them. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I, um, I, I want to dig a little bit more deeper on those uh, wingmen. Uh, yeah, so I think for me, my honest answer feels weird because they are definitely obscure in general Star Wars, uh, but not obscure to anybody who listens to Force Center because we talk about them often because <laughs> I like them. But in all honesty, I am really intrigued by the Jedi Terrace Nube who appears in... in uh, in lightsaber lost episode of clone wars and some other places, but just a Jedi. I'm really curious about love to see uh, more of him. Uh, and the character in solo that I initially called Vat weirdo learned his real name is Lilo Primok, the upside down singing frog in a vat. I'm so intrigued by uh, the entertainers in the star Wars galaxy. And I love the little bit of information about him in the, uh, you know, visual dictionary, for Solo that he is a longtime entertainer and he even starred in some hollows wearing a, a, a person suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. Uh, my other, like, most obscure character that I've just been a little bit obsessed with is in that episode of Bad Batch. Uh, during a traffic chase, they jump on the back of this truck and there's this uh, Aqualish yeah. just rocking out to some tunes. I just think of it as rocking Aqualish. <laughs> I'd like to see rocking Aqualish again. Uh, that's a great one. That's a great one. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be crossing all my fingers for rocking Aqualish. Any other thoughts uh, on that one, Ken? Uh, no, it is fun, and and, and that's that's why another one of the many reasons we're here to celebrate Star Wars. A little, little a little corner of uh, full of shadows and and light can uh, lead you to some characters and new storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Gareth. And thank you, Anthony King, for the great power of the light side segment. Uh, Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? I absolutely would love to let you all know where you can find us. We are the Force Center Podcast, and we are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're also on Instagram and YouTube as well. Uh, you can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on a lot of spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash center. A, a lot of new names popping in. We'd love to see that. And from there, you can link to our Discord, where every Monday I go in there and I put a character of the week up or characters of the week. And Joseph, this week's characters are Lulu Primak and Orodia Ventifoli. Yeah. So, a lot of people in there, uh, Douglas, Mark Canope, Double J, talking about those the two characters right there. It's a weekly discussion, among other things we have on our Discord page. Uh, you can find me at Ken Napsock and my website, KenNapsock.com. Updated shows, one locally and some more coming soon. Hopefully you travel around to do some more stand-up. 
Uh, Joseph and I always like to highlight a, a, a charity or a website or a cause, something out there to make sure we're all plugged into the real world. And sorry, Joseph, don't want to make this into much of a story, but also in Seattle, I uh, got a got a, a, a ride share out to the airport. And as always, if I'm just by myself, I'll chat with the driver and see what's going on and, and end up having a really heartbreaking but in-depth conversation with this driver, Haile, who was, uh, he's from Tigray in Ethiopia. And there's a lot of stuff going on out right there right now. And uh, you don't need to get too much into it. Look up all the details yourself. The information's out there, but a lot of people need help. And there's uh, just a veritable genocide going on out there right now. And I, I was asking him, where can I help? And he just said, tell the world, man, tell the world. He had family there. He hasn't talking to, uh, spoken to in eight months. Um, and he was listening to a podcast. That's what we got talking about. It. He goes, do you mind if I have this on? Uh, and I'm trying to get this updated. So we did. We talked about it for about 40 minutes in his car ride. So uh, I'm highlighting the International Rescue Committee. Committee. Uh, you can go to help.rescue.org and uh, search for uh, uh, direct donations to help uh, the, the people on the ground from the IRC out there uh, providing critical medical care, clean water, and other aid to Ethiopia and other areas of crisis. But this is specific for the Tigray region, uh, region of Ethiopia. That's my highlight for this week, Joseph. That is great. And a, just a great story. I'm really glad you took the time to share that. It's uh, you know, it's, I always, uh, yes, yeah, sometimes I ride in silence, staring out a window and, and other times, uh, you love uh, finding out about who you're riding with. And, and there's so many stories out there in the world. Yeah. You, you just never know uh, what kind of ride it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, for myself, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out all my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, I want to continue to highlight this service uh, called Vote Forward. Uh, basically, you print out some letters and you write messages about why you vote in the hopes to encourage other people to vote. Nothing partisan. You just say uh, that you're just trying to encourage people to use the power that they have to vote and have their voice be heard. If you're interested in that, you can check out all the details at their website, which is votefwd.org. That is wonderful. That's where a lot of uh, great action and great movement on important things begins is with your vote. So check that out. Uh, we thank you all for listening. We love sitting down with all of you talking about the news and Star Wars and Star Wars DAG. Uh, so for Backstabber and Mauler, We'll see you next time. This was Foresight. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.